Episode 51, Genesis 17 verses 1 to 8 A Father of Many Nations When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. The Lord said, I am God all-powerful. Obey me and do what is right. It has been 13 years since Abraham's maidservant Hagar bore him Ishmael. But now, God appears to him again. Instead of, do not be afraid, he states that he is God all-powerful, or El Shaddai. This revelation of himself is one of existence and performance. He is eternally lasting, absolute, all-powerful God. His nature is unchangeable, and yet he causes change in his creation. In the books of Isaiah and Joel, he is the destructive power which is transcendent over all things. In Isaiah we read this, Wail, for the days of the Lord is at hand. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore all hands will be limp, every man's heart will melt, and they will be afraid. Pangs and sorrows will take hold of them. They will be in pain as a woman in childbirth. They will be amazed at one another. Their faces will be like flames. Isaiah 13 verses 6 to 8. In the day of the Lord, the workings of God are as destruction from Shaddai. There is both judicial and punitive power and performance in the terrifying name. Because of this, holiness is the hallmark of the name. When man sins, his holy nature is violated. And so, because of this act against his nature, he acts accordingly. And yet, at the same time, El Shaddai is also a reconstructive power, building new that which has been laid waste. He is therefore the God of providence and abundant supply. All of this is tied up in God's potency. When it is combined with a promise, such has been given to Abraham, it gives man a basis for faith. If God be for us, who can stand against us? Because of his proclamation of being El Shaddai, he says to Abraham, Obey me and do what is right. Before he spoke comfort to Abraham, do not be afraid. But now he speaks words of admonition and resolute purpose. During that past 13 years, Abraham probably considered the promises as being fulfilled in Ishmael. He is now old and has had his child. He believed the promise of God and has rejoiced in it. He has no reason to doubt about any future promises, because the past ones have come to pass. It is as if Abraham says, I have Ishmael, and I know that God hears and responds. I am content in this. Verse 2. I will make an agreement between us. I will make you the ancestor of many people. Abraham is told that the covenant would be established. Hearing this, Abraham must have been a bit confused. The promise was given and the covenant was made even before the birth of Ishmael. He must have questioned why it needed to be established when the boy was already born and 13 years old. Verse 3 Then Abram bowed face down on the ground. It's not a very comfortable posture, but it signifies great humiliation and reverence. God said to him, God said to him, I am making my agreement with you. I will make you the father of many nations. 
God is now giving him both a restatement of the promise and a refinement of it as well. The term nations is normally used when speaking not of the chosen people, but of the other branches of humanity. His literal physical descendants will come from both Ishmael and the son of Isaac, who is yet to come. But he will also be the spiritual father of people from every nation group on earth. And Paul explains that this is finally realized in what Jesus did. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Romans 4 verses 16 and 17. Back in our passage, God continues in verse 5. I am changing your name from Abram to Abraham. This is because I am making you a father of many nations. The Lord has personally named him, signifying both his authority over him and his completion of the promise in one great act. Verse 6. I will give you many descendants. New nations will be born from you. Kings will come from you. With this verse is the promise of many children. In addition to Ishmael and Isaac, we'll see in chapter 25 that Abraham will have many more children in the days to come. Verse 7 And I will make an agreement between me and you and all your descendants from now on. I will be your God and the God of all your descendants. This agreement will never fade away. It will never lessen or diminish. It will never fail. Verse 8. You live in the land of Canaan now as a stranger, but I will give you and your descendants all this land forever, and I will be the God of your descendants. This is a land promise, and it is speaking specifically about the land in which he is standing, which is known today as Israel. There is no spiritual application here. We can know this because in this verse it's called the land of Canaan. This is the name of the physical land, the same land where Jesus walked and taught. It is given to the physical descendants of Abraham, not to the church or anyone else. The promise is made by God, the creator of the land, and the sovereign Lord over the nations. Therefore, there should be no dispute over whose land it is. He has spoken and ended the discussion. Oh, but disputes we do. Billions of people around the world trace their lineage back to Abraham, but the promise is restated to only one of his sons, Isaac. Therefore, only those who are physical descendants of Isaac are included in the promise. After Isaac, the promise was again passed down to only one son, Jacob, who is Israel. This is in Genesis chapter 28. Our heads are thick, and sometimes the only way to get something ingrained in them is to hear the same things many times. The promised land, the land of Canaan, which is today the land of Israel, has the same owner as it did in the past, God. 
and he has chosen to give it to one group of people, Israel. When we fight against this, we are only bringing God's wrath down on ourselves. In fact, the judgment of the nations is coming, probably soon, because of the world's robbery of this very land from its rightful inheritors. For behold, in those days, and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations, and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there, on account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. Joel 3 verses 1 to 2 The captives have been brought back, and the nations are working to divide God's land. And judgment is the only end the world will face because of it. Anyone in the church who doesn't understand this, or who disagrees with it, needs to spend more time studying their Bible and less time listening to bad theology. Regardless of whether you like the Jewish people or not, God has planted them in Israel and planted they will stay. We are promised this in the very last words of the book of Amos. I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Amos 9 verse 15 Let us remember to pray for Israel, the land and the people, and to pray for God to deliver them from their enemies, both within the church and in the world at large. Yes, God has been faithful to his unfaithful people, and he will be faithful to you as well. Earlier, we read that God told Abraham to walk before him and be blameless. We're admonished to do the same. God directs all people to be perfect, even as he is perfect. But there's a problem in our lives, and it's called sin. This problem has separated us from God, and yet now we still have the opportunity to make things right and be perfect in the sight of God. Just like Abraham, God has also given every person who has been saved by the blood of Christ a new name as well. This is recorded in Revelation chapter 2. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name, written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Revelation 2 verse 17 For those who haven't been saved, other promises have been made as well, and they will be fulfilled, just as the Lord has spoken them. It is better, by far, to receive the promises which come through accepting Jesus than their alternative. So make sure of your own salvation before this day goes by. Hallelujah and Amen.